there's a terrible hypocrisy in in the whole in the whole woke thing in that the claim is that they're you know they're they're bringing social justice by overthrowing Indeed. existing uh, existing social structures existing hierarchies but they themselves are imposing precisely the same thing that they're well, worse. that they're going to Indeed why break a structure that is actually good again if you're if your ideology is destroy the existing structure all right but what would then replace the existing structure would it be something better or something worse and if if the answer is i don't know or um you know um it'll be like the the most like authoritarian garbage why are we even destroying the system in the first place it makes literally zero sense no, 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 they're imposing something worse. I mean, this is something that's yes. that's very, very striking historically. So so let, let's take the Marxist position apart. The first oversimplification is that there is a hierarchy. True. Instead of a multiplicity of hierarchies, because in any reasonably functioning modern society, there are innumerable hierarchies. And part of the reason that we can live without being too crushed by hierarchical differences because as you said before you can move from one hierarchy to another that's right and and there's more um it is impossible to take hierarchy out of humanity nothing you do will ever will ever eliminate hierarchical um structure so if you destroy the existing hierarchies that are you know, uh, very stratified, very differentiated. If you destroy them, then what will come is an even more, like, destructive, uni-focused hierarchy, effectively. And that might be something as straightforward as changing jobs. Not that that's particularly easy, but it's not impossible. And so if you can't find a place in one economic structure, microstructure, then you can find a place in another. And I think one of the real antidotes to rigid, uniform, monolithic hierarchy is a provision of multiple games. And Agreed. I think modern societies do a very good job of that. And, and, then, and so the idea that there's one hierarchy, although you could rank order people by wealth, I suppose, but the idea that there's one hierarchy is preposterous, except under... Absolutely true. It is preposterous. Marxist rule, in which case everything does tend to collapse into a single hierarchy that's absolutely monolithic and totalitarian beyond belief. And that just happened time and time yeah. again. So you have to presume that there's some fundamental flaw in the Marxist formulation. That's exactly right. There is. People are not the same regardless of effort or ability, right? And if we have a that a cultural idea embedded in us, it can only be destructive. Hello and welcome to the Helios blog. My name is Helios here for another reaction video. If you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content, newly revamped, guys, posting weekly content, patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Again, guys, it is patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Just go there and subscribe. 
Uh, you can also drop me a donation like Tom M. Shoutouts to him. Link is in the description. Let's continue. So again, this is uh, how Marxism is disguised as woke morality. It's Jordan Peterson and Dr. Yoram Hazoni. If you want to look it up, it's episode 305 of Jordan Peterson's podcast, okay? Uh, if For anybody who wants the original video without me commenting. And maybe the flaw is something like, look, you have to accept um, a moderate amount of hierarchical structuring. And you have to hope... You have to accept because it is inevitable and impossible to avoid. It doesn't get too lopsided so that only a few have everything and everyone else has nothing. That would be monarchy. That's a pathological situation, although it's not only a consequence of, say, Western economic structures. Absolutely not, because if we look back at history of, uh, you know, pretty much every society you can think of that isn't tribal, it's past tribal, it's, you know, um, let's let's say um, agricultural society and on, you know, something where the population is high enough that you need like an official structure or whatever, then, then the system tends to go that way. So it's, that is a human universal, that proclivity or, or natural universal. Yes, indeed. It is a human universal trait that we have hierarchy and nothing you do will ever remove that. If you crush the existing hierarchy, all that happens is you create another hierarchy, right? Like that's what happened with the French Revolution, for example, right? They're like, oh, monarchy is the worst. Let's kill the monarchy, equality, fraternity, brotherhood. And then, you know, like a few years later, they had an emperor, like, which is just a king by another name, right? Um, um, or whatever. They had the, the Communist Ruling Council, which again is just a king by another name. It's it's like a group of kings, but same, you know, same idea, right? And if you're not in the Communist Party or friends with the Communist Party, well, then the wealth of the country is not in your hands, right? It's, it's the same idea. It's like if you're not friends with the king, you don't get the money, right? If like, that's, that's just it. That power law distribution problem. Now, if you criticize hierarchy to such a degree that you want to destroy all of it, then all that you do is in instantly produce something approximating the most tyrannical hierarchy you could possibly imagine. Oh, uh, I have something as well. This is uh, related to the SMP, the, the bedroom fund marketplace, okay? If you destroy the already existing hierarchy, then you get the most tyrannical hierarchy imaginable. That actually happened. That has happened in modern history recently with the SMP. So... About 60 years ago, right, before the bedroom fund revolution, before the birth control pill, um, we actually had kind of uh, checks on hypergamy, which is like w women wanting like a superior man, right? Uh, and we, we kind of forced it to be like a sortative mating, even though it's, it, you know, a lot of girls didn't like it, you know, that they were forced to marry a guy that they, you know, didn't didn't like as, you know, they weren't really forced, but like they were kind of pushed into marrying a guy that was, you know, on the level. Right, so that was the old system, uh, which was which is basically like um, it's like egalitarian. Um, it, it's like egalitarian distribution of wealth, right? Effectively, um, so that's the old the old system for for marriage. But now the modern system is this: marriage is broken. Nobody marries anymore because the divorce laws are cancerous, etc. Like when I say nobody, I mean it's like six out of a thousand. So the the percentage is very low. And. For the people that don't get married, how does the bedroom fund marketplace work? Well, you have a bunch of people at the top who are hyper successful, you know, uh, men who are like super, super successful. And they get like, you know, most of the bedroom fund attention. And then you have all the rest of the guys who get nothing. 
And I don't mean they get a little bit. I mean they get literally zero. And the girls only see the top guys. That's that's the modern system, okay? And the girls aren't aren't marrying a guy at 20 that, you know, their family says, no, you're marrying this guy and I don't care if you don't find him attractive because he's good for this, this, this reason. He's good for the families. You're going to have children with him and you're going to be happy. And even if the girl is unhappy, well, whatever. She learns to love the kids. She, you know, she quote unquote learns to love the husband, which is like, you know, but that's the old system. New system is not like that. New system is tyrannical hierarchy of basically choosing Chad only. And then if you look at these TikToks, right, where the girls are complaining, like, I can't find a good man. Well, here's the thing. All the men that all the girls want, they have so many options. They're not going to commit to you, especially if you have a bad behavior or you're, you know, 30 plus. You better believe they're not going to commit to you. Because you destroy the differentiated structures exactly what happened in the Soviet Union and China. You destroy all the intermediary, distributed, multiplicitous structures, and you replace that with tyrant and peasants. Which is a monarchy, by the way. <laughs> yeah, it's just an absolute monarchy, like, you know, Louis Fourteenth in uh, medieval France or whatever. That's right. As, but, you know, it's instead of it being one person who rules, it's one person and all his friends, you know. But it's effectively the same system. That's true. But, you know, let, let me push back just, just a little bit, because I think, I think that a healthy society um, it is one that certainly has a, a competition of, uh, you know, multiple tribes, maybe different religions. I think these things are probably more important to people. People's identities are, are, are more tied to, uh, to regional, ethnic, religious groups than they are to you know to what what job they have mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so what i what i what i meant about you know when i when i said that people can change is that it look it's always possible if you don't if if you don't like your nation to move to a different nation if you don't like your religion you can convert to a different religion um but the 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 bottom line is that uh think that big structures macro structures like um like the the uh, the the hierarchy that constitutes uh, constitutes a nation those are those are the things that are missing I think from from the liberal picture of course a healthy nation and and I would here I, I would I would insert the word conservative is that the 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 difference between uh, between a uh, a Marxist view of uh, the hierarchy the hierarchical power structures within nation and a conservative view is that a conservative says, um, look, there's always going to be groups that are more powerful than others. Uh, There's no such thing as no hierarchy. That's right. So just because there is a dominant culture doesn't mean that that's a bad thing. It doesn't mean we're all at the, like, like that power group is at the top and they, they, um, you know, crush everyone under them. Right? No, they can be at the top and benefit people, and those people can benefit those people, and they don't necessarily have to be equal. And it's fine if they're not. And if you go to like any other country than like a Western country, it's very obvious that they have this exact system. Just because the dominant culture is the most powerful one and it's acknowledged that they're the most powerful one doesn't mean that they literally crush anyone under them. Although in some 
cultures they do. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that is the case. All right. Um, as Marxism implies is what I'm is what I'm getting at. All right. Um, let's discuss open hypergamy. This is an article by Rodo Tomasi. Again, um, you know, we've come to the Rodo Tomasi intermission here. So here we go. As I wrote in Controlling Interest, the secrecy previously necessary for hypergamy and women's pluralistic bedroom fund strategy is rapidly being replaced with not just a new overt social openness, but a flaunting triumphantness about how men are expected to embrace this. So here's a quote. These would be the boys or men who would be taught to be naturally uh, deferring to the authority of women under the auspices of a desire to be an equal partner, like what Matthew Hussey talks about, which is what rubs me the wrong way. These are the men raised privately and created socially to be ready for women, uh, quote-unquote, when it comes time to settle down, find someone who wants an equal partner. They're, they're those guys that are ready to be that role. These would be the men who are ready to expect and accept a woman's proactive C-star, C-king of him in the name of being a pro-feminine equal. So like, you know, she has a child with another man and he comes in and openly, actively encourages and even is happy to do it. These are the men raised to accept an open form of hypergamy in place of selling to an old order beta provisioning model. As in this Red Robin commercial, it's gotten to the point now that the feminine imperative is comfortable in ridiculing men for not already being aware of the alpha seed beta need dynamic in hypergamy, as well as ridiculing them for going along with it anyway. The expectation that men should already know this dynamic and be ready to accept it and commit to it engenders genuine shock when a man deviates from the script, when the guy's like, you had a kid by another man? No thanks. As we found in the story of the spreadsheet guy a couple weeks ago, the anger, f- uh, the angry women commenta- commenters expressed over his logging his wife's excuses for turning him down for bedroom fun was not due to his actions, but rather the, uh, what those actions represented for the greater whole of men. Men's indignation over this was rooted in a beta male not already being aware of the role he was expected to play. The new order femme groupthink presumes that any guy who follows the old order socio-bedroom fund contract should already know he's been cast as a dutiful providing beta. He follows the prepared script for the guy who's responsible uh, and proves that he's a better man for having forgiven her bedroom fund indiscretions with prior alphas and accepting the role of being relegated to being her emotional support and handholder. And all of this after she's had her self-discovery and knows who she quote-unquote really is. You know, she's the, she's had her fun and is ready to settle down. Genies and bottles. This expectation of men being preconditioned to follow a feminine primary social order is not just limited to women's expectations. We've progressed to the point that blue pill men are becoming vocal advocates for this very acceptance of open hypergamy. Under the dubious pretense of concern for the general lack of gallant chivalry and beta box provisioning women are entitled to, in spite of women's embrace of open hypergamy, these watered-down purple pill dating coaches suffer from the same shock and indignation that a woman somewhere might not be given her life's due of having a dutiful beta awaiting to fulfill the provisioning side of a bedroom fund strategy when her SMV begins to decay in earnest. In a feminine-centric social order, even men must be strong advocates for open hypergamy and essentially their own C-star CKing. 
That a woman may be better prepared than most beta men to provide for her own security is never an afterthought. Their sales pitch is the same old order lie that women will reciprocate intimately for a man's good nature and virtuous respect for the feminine if they'll only accept open hypergamy. But spreadsheet guy went off the reservation. How dare he keep track of his wife's bedroom fund frequency? The general anger is rooted in his not getting the social convention that bedroom fun tapers off after marriage. But if you just man up and fall back into a supporting pre-established role and learn to be a better, more attentive man for his wife, she would logically reciprocate with more bedroom fun. Even though this is obviously not true. <laughs> like, it's BS. For what it's worth, that that the men women want to sleep with wouldn't keep track of bedroom fun frequency because the dread of missing out on a bedroom fun opportunity with a desirable alpha is usually enough to ensure frequency. Alpha men wouldn't complain about bedroom fun frequency. They simply move on to a new woman. Betas complain about bedroom fun frequency because they're expected to know and accept that they'll never get the type of bedroom fun their women had with alphas before them anyway. But they're led to believe that they would get better if they commit to women's provisioning. Nobody marries their quote-unquote best bedroom fun ever. According to a recent study by iVillage, less than half of wedded women married the person who has the best bedroom fun of their lives. 52% said that was an act. Uh, an ex. In fact, 66% would rather read a book, watch a movie, or take a nap than sleep with a spouse. Amanda Chattel, a 33-year-old writer from East Village, says, With the men I've loved, the bedroom fun has been good, sometimes great, but never best. It's resulted in many, uh, you know, stuff and was fun, but comparatively speaking, it didn't have the intensity that comes with the best bedroom fun. I knew my best bedroom fun partner was temporary, and so the great bedroom fun was the best because the bedroom fun was the relationship, she adds. We didn't have to invest in anything else. As you can see, the incremental problem that advocates of the man up and accept your duty meme will find is that reconciling the old order social contract that they need to balance hypergamy will become increasingly more difficult as example after example like this becomes more evident and more commonplace. These dating coaches are hawking advice from the perspective of an old order social contract for men in order to reconcile the well-earned, well-deserved consequences women are now suffering as a result of a new order feminine primary social contract that has embraced unrestrained hypergamy. All right, back to the video. There's always going to be a competition among groups. Always. And some groups are going to be more powerful than others. You know, like, 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 like the... the uh, uh, the Anglo-Saxon Protestant uh, uh, grouping within the United States for most of its history. Right. And so, so there are going to be groups that are more powerful than others. But that doesn't mean that the most powerful groups have to oppress the other groups. They're That's the thing, right? Just because there's a dominant group doesn't mean the dominant group slams down on the other people by necessity, as the Marxist thought says. The Marxist thought says there are oppressors and there are the oppressed. And if you're more powerful, you're the oppressor. No, not necessarily. It is possible to have a big stick and to speak softly, as Teddy Roosevelt said. In, in, a, in a conservative society, there, there's a, an ongoing negotiation among the different groups, you know, there's a jostling and a competition, just like in, in, just like in family life. You know, there, there's a constant bickering and jostling uh, among children for, you know, for position. And even between a husband and wife, the reason husbands, husbands and wives bicker is, is you know, the, the reason they squabble is, is because there's a constant, you know, uh, um, tr trying to find a place where, 
where you feel like you're being properly honored, you feel like you're being properly respected. And in a, uh, in a traditional um, conservative society, what's going on is that you, you inherit certain ways of structuring things, and, and, and then you can, you can adjust them, you can try to correct them. But the goal of the conservative society is to have a distribution of honors, a distribution of, of uh, justices, you know, of, of, of what people get and where they get placed within the society. And that distribution, the conservatives claim, it doesn't always have to be evil, like the Marxists say. It doesn't always- Just because one group gets more and one group gets less, like, isn't bad. That's actually how society works. And in fact, that is how men work. Men literally reward other, like, like if you, let's say you give men money, let's say $1,000 and there's a group of 100 men, and you ask one, one, you ask them to distribute the money. They're going to give the most money to the guy that gives the most value and, and less to other people and less and less and so on. Whereas women, they'll distribute the money evenly, right? So women are more collectivist and men are more, um, you know, you get what you earn, right? That's what this guy is describing. A conservative society is effectively a masculine-framed society, right? That re- and just because some people are rewarded more than others doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. It isn't necessarily a bad thing. If it's justified, right? If the people that are being rewarded more are the ones that are working harder for the society, well then, what's wrong with that? There's nothing wrong with that. And they're not an oppressor or evil for being rewarded for that. Always have to be oppressive. You can have a situation in which uh, the more powerful groups understand that they have a responsibility to the weaker groups. And you can argue about exactly what that is. But a, 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 mutual, a mutually beneficial conservative society is one in which the, the uh, different groups get things. Out of, out of the collaboration, out of the, the mutual loyalty. It's not just the strong get things and the weak get crushed. That's right. But everybody gets things. And I think, exactly. I think that a lot of what conservatives are... Actually, let me, let me pause right here. In fact, in a Marxist society, the strong get everything and the weak get crushed. If you're not a woke, liberal, womanist, what happens? They destroy your career. They effectively kick you out of society. They shun you from the group. You get crushed. That is much more authoritarian, much worse than conservatism. Reacting to when they, you know, when they see what the Marxists are trying to, to, to build is that, you know, you're trying to grab everything for your group, whereas a traditional That's conservative right. society exactly. says, says, no, the, the, the just balance of honors among the different groups, that's what makes people feel good. That's, that's right. what makes people loyal to the yes, system. Yes, indeed. Otherwise, there is no loyalty to that's the right. system. There's yes. just oppression. That's right. Yeah, well, the Marxist... Exactly. Well, Marxist system says, my way or the highway, and if you're not on our side, you're crushed. That's exactly right. To also have the advantage that I would say of two, they have a twofold advantage First of all, they can appeal to envy, and they're unbelievably good at that. I mean, I think the fundamental... Right. You feel that you are worse, therefore you should crush your oppressor. You don't get $10,000 a year, you only get $8,000. Crush that $10,000 guy. Destroy his career. He's evil. He's an oppressor. That's the idea. But he's not. 
He is working harder than you, so he deserves more. If you want more, then you provide more value. That's the idea. Okay. Anyway, let's go on to this uh, Reddit post. It's on relationship advice. Posted four hours ago. Mutual feelings developing between me, 23 female, and professor, 31 male. Need some advice, please. Uh, This is like the, the most normal dynamic I can imagine, but let's see. Uh, I'm a university student who has to spend some part of my training in a general practice surgery. As part of my role, I have to run clinics and talk to patients. Anyway, as part of this internship, I've been assigned to an admittedly good-looking supervisor. He's intelligent, helpful, kind, and is the most lovely pair of blue eyes I've ever seen. I get on really well with the guy, and normally we agree on the management plans for the patients. I mean, he said in front of a colleague of mine that, uh that she can read his mind perfectly. Normally, I'm the type of person who doesn't gush over someone, and if I do find someone cute, it's just a passing thought. Initially, I had no feelings of attraction to the guy, but as the days went on, these warm, fuzzy feelings started developing. I now have butterflies when I think of him. This guy even started complimenting me more and even commenting that I have a pretty smile. I mean, it's gotten to the point where we both stare into each other's uh, eyes a little more than just colleagues should do. So guys, I'm going to pause it right here. This is what hypergamy looks like. You see? Girl works in the medical field. Who is she attracted to? A better guy than her in the medical field. Older, smarter, more attractive, more money, her superior. You see, guys? That is hypergamy. That's how it works. Women are not attracted to their equal. Notice how she's not talking about how she's so attracted to to another doctor at her level who is also a resident like her or whatever, you know. Do you see what I'm saying, guys? That's, That's it right there. Now, I'm all for relationships and marriages to begin somewhere common like the workplace, but the problem for me is that I'm a student and he is a mentor. And two, even more worrying, he just recently got married. I have no choice but to work under my supervisor for nine hours each day, Monday to Friday. Yeah, so marriage is social proof, right? He's obviously more attractive because he's married. So Reddit, what should I do to get over this crush? I cannot quit or move to a different department. Okay, let's see what the top comment is. 832. Uh, So you have a crush, but he's not available. All you can do is focus on your work and move on. You might easily misinterpret his behavior. If you don't, well, why would you want to be with a guy who disrespects their partner? Yeah, and a bunch of people are saying it's a bad idea. You do nothing, he is married. This sounds like a crush. You're working this hard to get a degree in Korea. Think about not blowing it by doing something stupid. There you go. Good advice here. But guys, that is hypergamy. Hypergamy doesn't care. Doesn't care if he's married. Doesn't care if he's single. Doesn't care if he's older. Doesn't care. That's just it, guys. Just so you know. That, that's it. That's hypergamy. All right, guys. We're going to end the video there. If you're new to the channel, liking the content, hit that sub, hit all for notifications. If you'd like to support me, I do have a Patreon with exclusive content. Recently revamped, posting weekly content, patreon.com slash the Helios blog. Just go there and subscribe. Again, it's patreon.com slash the Helios blog. You could also drop me a donation like Tom M here. Shout outs to him. Link is in the description. Thank you so much for listening, guys, especially if you took the time out of your busy day to um, listen to the end of the video. I really do appreciate it. Take care of yourselves. You guys are wonderful. And I will see you next time.